and welcome to part two of The Last Bash, the story of 27 glorious years of the Purple Helmet motorcycle display team. Joining me are Derry Kizik and Jim Davidson from the Purple Helmets to share their memories with you. Firstly, Derry, your commentary has become legendary. Never. I was thrown in the deep end there, actually, because... Uh, I mean, I'm not a, I wasn't at the time a professional commentator. We'd called a few things in my time, but remember this particular night at Duncan Stadium, Roy Moore was there. The second performance, it was 96, and uh, we put on a great show for the crowd, I have to say that. It really was good. Roy had other commitments, and he said to me, I've had enough of this now. And he said, I really didn't want to get roped in as a permanent commentator. Um, I'm going to pack it in you see so uh, some of the lads they said well why don't you do it Derry and I said well I've never really commentated before I've told a few jokes at the sudden dinner but I've never really done a commentary anyway when you're faced with a stadium full of people and a microphone in your hand you have to say something and you've been there yourself Simon the first time I think it's like Jimmy said a bit of stage fright and your mouth dries up and you think I'll have to say something. One of the best do. things, though, Derry, is that when we have the wheelie bins, as you know, Simon, the um, the wheelie bins have all got names on, you see. Yes. So when we're doing the races, and so what we think every, what I think of is, what's the most I can get away with on the wheelie bins, you see? And so each year, there's new wheelie bins with different names on. Well, I use this particular publication um, called Viz, which is like a you know a magazine, which is for the lads and stuff like that. And they have all these these words for for different sorts of things, you see. So we all know what what these things mean, but the crowd obviously don't. And the best part of it is is to listen to Derry having to do the commentating because he has to say these words. And for us, it's just hilarious. We're all sitting back listening to him doing this commentary. If we're not in a wheelie bin, and uh, it's it's hilarious. But but it so suits it, doesn't it? It does. You know, it, it so suits what what we do. Try to push the boundary a little bit with things like that. You know, we just push it a little bit further, a little bit further, to the point of like I think that's far enough. Mm. I'm very proud to say, Simon, that. I've never sworn, and I don't believe in swearing in front of the children and that sort of thing. The worst word I've ever said is shite. Now, if the kids don't know that, they never will. And um, they, they kind of do now anyway. They know it now if they didn't know it before. But um, I remember one time uh, I couldn't go to do the show and the lads were hired by uh, a bit of a mother's union group up in Walsingham in Durham. And they said, well... Who's going to do the commentary? Well, Keith Lunt, our old friend, who he still rides with the helmets, Keith. Billy Blunt is his nickname. Billy decided he would do the commentary. Well, he wasn't quite as careful, uh, maybe, as I was. Yeah. And um, when I say that uh, cunning stunts at speeds approaching 100 miles an hour, he got it back to front. Oh, heck. Well, they, they were only on stage for about five minutes and the plug was pulled out of the microphone and the speaker shut down and they were sacked. It was like a silent movie, wasn't because, it? Because, <laughs> because apparently this uh, this group of people, I think it was rather akin to Maroon Root show rather than a big show, and uh, they thought that they'd hired the White Helmets. Well, they hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course... Um, the decision to to you know put the lid on on the the present form of it anyway. 
Well, it's, I, my only claim to fame, Simon, was I said that I'd got them into showbiz because these lads were out there anyway, they, and clever as they are and, and good riders. All I ever did, and uh, Jimmy will back me up, I uh, I got them into showbiz. Yeah, but the thing is, Derry, you couldn't have done it without us. No, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, now, to bring it to an end, after 27 years, it seems, seems incredible where the 27 years have gone, we came to a decision, I think, that rather than let the thing slide and go downhill, we'd rather finish on a high while we've still got the, the same mentality because um, we can get new guys, we can, they can put a coat on, but they don't think quite the same as we do. And this is, this is how it's, it's the ethos, I suppose is the word. It's, it's, it's grown through the years and we only have to look at each other in the pub and we start to laugh and we'll say, I know what would be funny. And then Big Finnegan will say, I, I suppose you want me naked. You see, and so this is how it develops. And um, without these original main men, it can't really continue in the way that it has. And um, so sadly, and it, it is a sad thing to say, we're, we're going to stop while we're still ahead. But but to 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 you know entertain you know 150,000 people that come to the Isle of Man every year for the TT. They love the TT. They love watching the. And this is such a contrast to, I mean, don't take the wrong way, but the seriousness of the mm. TT can be sometimes the tragedy of it. This just enlightens everyone. Well, we did aim to start with to enlighten, the, you know, enlighten the mood. People, a lot of people are too serious in life in general. They just drudge through life. Well, we try to break that cycle and have a bit of fun and nobody could say that we didn't try we we certainly tried hard and it's been a very very big part of the tt people some of the people that come over don't watch the races they just watched us i know that for a fact from people that have come from across you have traveled far afield though haven't you oh yeah yes we have by we invitation or in just invasion well, the, the, invasion a bit mainly yes we've we've performed uh, in belgium at Mete in Belgium. We've been to all over England, Scotland, offered up by Aberdeen. We've been to we've been to Edinburgh yeah. numerous times and um, Well places that we haven't been invited to where we go on the sixth day enduro, we've been to we've been as far afield as New Zealand, we've been to Brazil, we've been to Chile, um, most of the Eastern Bloc countries in Europe, um, France as well, Germany um, and you know, no well travelled. Yeah. And I, I look back at that, and I think there's some of the places that we've been to that you would never have been to as a visitor because they weren't the tourist destinations, if you like. They were more Off the, the real track. place where people mm. lived and lived their lives. And it's great when you see that, when you see how people live in these different countries. And we would never have ex experienced that in a normal sort of tourism type holiday. Mm. So we saw the real places, the real countryside, the real towns, the real, the real people. people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's it's an amazing experience, and it's something that I'll always remember as these places that we visited. Not always welcomed, but um, the Czech Republic was 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 one place in particular, where you know it became a republic split up from Czechoslovakia, and we went there one year, and uh, within two days we were stopped by the police on our bikes, had our bikes confiscated, 
or they were they were locked up at the hotel so we weren't allowed to use our bikes again because they threatened us that if we did we'd be put in prison and so we were out with this one day on our bikes and the police pulled us in and they were looking at all sorts of reasons to to uh, to find the guys and some of them got carted away in police cars we got photographs of them getting carted away in police cars other guys were getting fined for having no backlight and somebody would get fined for having no indicators and they were the police were thinking of all sorts of things and so it was just one of those holidays where we didn't have our bikes with us we had to get taxis everywhere because we weren't allowed to use our bikes you talk about these trips to Europe though and you know the the, the reception you got and being on the road together as well as performing together and that, and that goes to show what Derry was mentioning Jim that, that family side of it it's like a family I think what it was we're, we're, we're a like-minded bunch of lads that knew each other from years ago you know we all did motocross we all did enduro trials that sort of thing so we all had and, and a lot of us had a very very similar some say warped sense of humour very dry sense of humour and uh, sort of pushed the boundaries of it so when you get a bunch of like-minded lads like that things fall into place very very easily you know you can socialise you can do the serious stuff on the on the bikes and then have the fun on the bikes as well so it all it was a great mix of people and different personalities as well you know you get somebody who's a bit quieter who would come out of their shell after a few beers and you get the showman you know like wig Wig was one of our showmen, Wig Bragazzi, absolutely amazing. He come out with some some stuff that you can't, you know, you couldn't script it. And he he, he was great, wasn't he, Derry? Oh, Wig was genius. It is unique. And things like the black painted crash helmet, that was always a mystery to hundreds of kids every year and in the stadium. <laughs> and their mothers. And ACU uh, approved. I used to say in the in the advert for Onkin Stadium, um uh, Dad, Dad, why are the helmets painted black when they're called the purple helmets? And he said, shut up, son, you'll have to ask your mother. <laughs> and so many mothers had a red face in Onken Stadium. It was quite, un- <laughs> quite amazing, really. But poor old mum had to explain it to the kids. But, you know, the, the, the videos are still available and people still get them out now and again oh. if they can't get to their live performances. And you st- can you still get them? It has to be said that one of our original riders, Dave Riley, he was instrumental in making the first video that we did. And it's, what was it called, Jimmy? Total Shite, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And it actually outsold all other video titles that Duke had at the time. And I think up to then, the bestseller had been No Limit with George Formby. And in its first year, Total Shite was an absolute sellout and topped... Um, no limit by quite a few thousand sales it was it was quite amazing really and they are still available they um, well they're a piece of history Simon yeah. it is history it, it's part of the history of the TT and the, of the Isle of Man I would say it's been a wonderful time that we've had we've added an extra trumpet to get extra thrust and I would recommend not to stand too close behind them everybody it's me, man! Never Thank <laughs> you.
You're listening to The Last Bash, a look back at 27 glorious years from the Purple Helmet Motorcycle Display Team with Derry Kizik and Jim Davidson. And what what memories do you take away from it all, Jim? I just, for me, it's just the... Um, you get the butterflies before you do a show and I still get it now you know 27 years and however many hundred shows we've done you still get that butterflies at the start of it the excitement of doing the shows the fun of doing it and you know we're laughing ourselves while they're doing the shows we're having fun ourselves and I think that to me is you know the fact that we can still do it after all these years and still have the fun and go out on a high for me that's great you know it's not it's never lost its magic for me never it's always been yes we have our we have our moments where the boys need a bit of a, a g up from time to time because things go wrong and uh, the wrong things go wrong if you like so um you know but ultimately it for me it's just probably been the best fun i've ever had in my life it just really has it's been brilliant but for you, Derry, I mean, there'd be so many that you probably oh, yeah. you'll remember when you've gone home. Well, Royal appointment as well. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, we, Royal we, appointment. We've we actually did done shows for royalty at Government House, and uh, I'm very pleased to say, actually, that we're going to do one final show at Government House with the new governor and his lady, and um, I'm very pleased about that because all the years have gone by, and 20 years ago at Government House, Prince William was there. And uh, I was very friendly with Ian McFadden, and I still am actually. He comes to see me when he when he visits the island, and he said to me, uh, of course, he was the commander of air forces in uh, the first Falklands War, uh, Falklands uh, Gulf War, and he said, I've got a few of the chaps coming over. He said for for TT, and um, there was uh, Sir Peter de Billier, and he was the, what was he, Jimmy was the ground forces and all these top guys anyway. And he said to me one day, um, would you would you do a show for them? And I said, well, I said, I'm not sure if they're ready for us at Government House. And he said, oh yes, he said, uh, leave it to me. So we did this show for these guys and Ian McFadden, as he was then, he's sir now, he's knighted since, but he came out of the house personally with a silver tray with all the beer on to give the lads a beer and they were wonderful days and we went up there a few times Jim didn't we mm-hmm. there must have been half a dozen shows at Government House and um, I suppose the big one uh, there's a picture of it actually in the Craigna Bar with Prince William as a young lad and he had hair and he had a full head of hair mm. and uh, he was there and uh, we did a show for him and uh, afterwards I said to him uh, I'll bet you'd like to sit on one of these bikes, Your Highness, and try on a big coat. And he said, rather nervously, he said, oh, rather. He said, I, I really would. So one of our guys, who we call the Polecat, and he, you'll probably have to know him to know why, he sweats quite a lot. He was the first to whip off his coat and offer it to the Prince. Well, the Prince <laughs> took his Savile Row jacket off and swapped, swapped with the Polecat. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, Robbo, the polecat, he put the he put the Savile Row jacket on, and Prince William put the the big coat on. And pungent a, coat. With pungent coat. There's a wonderful picture of it, and the lads had been out on the tracks all day, so it was quite moist in the armpits. This coat, as was Robbo, the polecat himself, and uh, Ian McFadden told me afterwards that whilst the Prince ate his dinner. 
he kept um, sniffing uh, the, the armpits of his coat and uh, it was quite a legend in Government House that the Prince's <laughs> hand-stitched Savaro jacket was probably binned when he got home, I should imagine. Well, it's quite funny because Robble had the coat, had the, the, the Prince's jacket on and, and he was flexing his, his shoulders to see if he could burst the seams on it. <laughs> and then, then he, was, he was rooting in the pockets and he said, there's not so much in your pockets, Your Highness. And we thought at the time, well... There goes our knighthood, you know, there goes our empire. But it was, it was quite funny because they said that same evening when he was chatting to us, when Prince William was chatting to us outside, uh, one of the guys came out again with the silver salver and there was there was tins of Boddington and, and, and cans of lager on the silver <laughs> salver as he came over to us. That's and so when Prince William was chatting away to us, it must have been 10, 15 minutes yeah. chatting away to us, he was then called in for his tea, wasn't he? Yeah, he said, your dinner will spoil, Your Highness. And, uh, <laughs> so we were saying to him, he looks like you're getting called in for your tea now. <laughs> but he was one that he was, he was talking about coming down to Bushies with us and putting a coat on yeah, and a helmet yeah. so that nobody would recognise him. But took it in the spirit of... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's actually the nearest thing we ever got to doing a show at Windsor Castle because from the Isle of Man... Ian McFadden and Sally, they went to, to Windsor Castle and he was the master of the tower. And he said to me, I'm going to see if Her Majesty would like to have you down uh, for the, the Royal Windsor Horse Show. And I remember thinking, I, I, I think it's not going to mix. <laughs> I think Sophie and Edward were there that night, the, the Duke of, is he Wessex or so? so I can't remember. But he said, uh, uh, I, I said, uh, I'm not sure if uh, if Mummy would be ready for us down there. And he said, uh, you leave Mummy to me. He said, I'll ask Mummy. Do you remember Jimmy? Mm, and, Prince uh, Edward, yeah. He, yeah. he was a damn fine chap, actually. We thoroughly enjoyed each performance down there. Yeah, but, but from the, the, the general sort of, you know, the, the, the local crew reaction to it, yeah. to what you've just been speaking about them, I mean... They are, they're once in a lifetime yes. sort of memories and things that can happen on, on the spur of the moment, really. Once in a lifetime, because not many people have experienced that. They certainly haven't experienced what we have. And, uh, you know, we, Bill Dale has been a great friend of ours all the years. Bill, the beach buddy, he's, um, he's been great. He's come on a, quite a few trips with us to take wonderful pictures and that sort of thing. Dot Tilbury's been a great help to us. When I was out of action, smashed up by the German, uh, Fritz, as I like to call him, uh, she came and did the commentary, just stepped in at the last moment, and good friends, good Manx people that have helped us along the way. Yeah, but, but I mean, the, the riders themselves, I mean, do, do you have a, a, a record of everyone who's, who's took part in it? How many would it have been? Well, we can remember, we can remember, but I think at one time I, I tried to reckon it up and this is many years ago that if everybody turned out because we don't always get the same gang at each show if some can't be there because don't forget we're not professionals everybody has a job in the daytime and um, well, I think I, the biggest turnout we had more recently was about four years ago when we we all met at the, the Quarterbridge yeah. car park by the pub and we were all lined up there and there must have been about 25 or 26 yeah. of us that day all heading out to the railway to do a ride through the pub on Mad Sunday and then off out to Peel, wasn't yeah. it? To the pub or through the through pub? The pub. Through yeah, the pub, yeah, up the front steps, through the through the, ah. the S-bend in the pub and then out through the back door. <laughs> and because another place we used to frequent was the Farmer's Arms, 
when when um, Dougie Blessham um, and Angie Christian had the had the pub. We used to go in there, Mad Sundays, which was one of our stopping off points. And um, there was one year where Dougie insisted that we brought one of the bikes in because he had a wooden wooden floor in the bar. And he insisted that we brought one of the bikes in because he wanted a donut, a black donut, a ring on the floor, you see. So we said, are you sure about this, Doug? And yeah, 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 bring the bike in. Bring it. So Daddy mentioned the bike before. The Pack Brigazzi's got this bike with a smoke machine attached to it. Well, Dougie had no idea that this was attached onto the bike. So we said, we're going to bring our special stuntman in. So we brought brought Pack's bike in. And he starts doing this donut on the floor. And then he, anyway, he hits the button. And within seconds, the whole pub was full of diesel smoke. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And he's spinning around on the floor. And people are running for the door. And within about two minutes, the whole pub was evacuated. And it looked like it was on fire because there was smoke bellowing out through the windows. Even upstairs where Dougie and Angie lived, there was smoke bellowing out of the windows. It like the place was on fire. So that uh, that cured Dougie. He didn't bother with it after that, did he? Ah, uh, but I think the, the 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 hitch to that was he hadn't actually told Angie that he was going to have us in the pub with the bike, and she'd just had all the curtains cleaned for the TT. <laughs> so by the time we'd been there, the whole pub stank of diesel. diesel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, and there's fun. another pub that's been demolished. Yeah. So it's not nothing to do with us being in the pubs that they get demolished, but. Uh, yeah. Mm. great fun and, and somebody was going to ride off the bar wasn't he well somebody's bike got um, what can we describe it as it was um, taken away and he couldn't find his bike and this was in the darkness of the evening and later on it was found to be up at the top of the flagpole on the top of Timbald Hill it had been roped up onto the top of the flagpole <laughs> but they are just fantastic memories and the memories that people will cherish not just from the Isle of Man, but from around Europe and around the world, who have who have seen the purple helmets, yeah. uh, they'll certainly never be forgotten. And you and the team, a lot of them who are still mm. anonymous, um, <laughs> you know, I've just, you know, we thank you as public from the Isle of Man for the many many years of entertainment that you've that you've given the Isle of Man public. That's very nice of you to thank say you. that, Simon. Thank you. Thank you very much for this little interview because um, if the people haven't seen us, it, there are a few little chances to see us now before it finishes off completely. And um, there's, there's Ramsey Lifeboat Day, there's Peel Carnival, and there's Laxey Duck Race Day at the washing floors in, in Laxey by uh, Glen Roy there. And uh, we chose that as our last venue uh, because it is actually the last date on the summer calendar. But it's also rather a nice amphitheatre where a lot of people will be able to see us. And um, no doubt if the people are there for the duck race, they'll stay on a bit longer and uh, see the very last show of the Purple Helmets. And uh, it will be an, a, an emotional day, especially for me, because I have to speak. And um, there is a, a big love and fellowship between us all that could never be repeated. You've been listening to The Last Bash, celebrating 27 years of the Purple Helmet Motorcycle Display Team, as this year will be their final year performing together. My guests were Derry Kizik, the voice of the Purple Helmets, and a long-time member of the team, Jim Davidson. 
These programmes are available now on Manx Radio's website, powered by Miller Chaps of Ramsey, and you can download the podcast for free. Purple Rain.